Love the nouns, love the pronouns, impersonal and personal. Love the words from ELFM. So, you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM from Chapel FM Arts Centre in Studio One, where I have not only just one poet, not just two, but three poets uh, who are going to be talking about their work and also uh, about all sorts of stuff, stuff that's happening in Leeds and West Yorkshire at the moment. So I've got Caitlin McKenna. Hello, Caitlin. Hi. I've got Elijah East. Hiya. Hello. I've got Poppy Jennings. Hello. Hello, Poppy. So it's great to have you all here. And, uh, yeah, it would be lovely to hear. I've become aware recently of a kind of burgeoning poetry sort of scene in Leeds, which I've talked to you about uh, outside these walls, Caitlin. But be just really, yeah, is, is, is that happening? Is it open to everybody? But, Caitlin, first of all, what, what's your experience of that? Um, well, I really decided to get into the poetry scene at the start of this year. And... Just since January, there's been so many new events set up, so many new groups popping up. Um, I think by the end of this year, there should be maybe four or five open mics monthly in Leeds. We've got groups doing sporadic little events, workshops, all sorts. And it's really, really going full force. We're competing with Manchester in terms of the burgeoning art scene and poetry scene right now, which is a really, really cool thing considering... Um, I think that as well as that, we're kind of spreading out into really diversifying the scene. We've got specific events for queer poets, um, for people of colour. We've got specific events that are being more and more accessible, trying to make it more um, accessible for disabled poets. Um, there's a really a sense of trying to bring as many people in and starting off sharing their work as possible. I think that's a really, really beautiful thing. Absolutely. And how long has this been, how long has this been going on, as they say? Um, well, I think it's been going on for a while, but obviously with the lockdown, things started shutting down. Nothing really opened up again for a while. Um, when I started getting into the scene again, the first kind of experience I had was on the mic, hosted by Lee's Poetry Festival and Poppy and Jack Collins at Left Bank. Um, since then, we've obviously Cellar Bars started up their Sunday set again, which is always amazing and just full of like such vibrant artists. Um, but I've seen it continually, gradually growing, especially after Leeds Poetry Festival this year, because the numbers that attended were just absolutely insane. You could not imagine a better environment than 200 poets in one room just sharing how much they love poetry and from then a lot of people who maybe weren't involved didn't know they even enjoyed poetry have started coming to events started creating their own events and it's really I think the last few months we've seen a massive rise I know certain group within Leeds NSFW club are going to start a workshop at open source arts for their collaborative uh, zine and collage poetry and they'll also be starting to host a monthly open mic night there which is so great because that's something that open source arts have always hosted poetry nights but kind of sporadically so to have an established one set up as an alternative to the other nights if maybe people can't access them the timings don't work just allowing there to be diversity within the scene is such a good thing. 
Brilliant. Um, Elijah, I, I know you're not an expert on, on the kind of range of stuff that's mm -hmm. going on, because I heard you saying that outside when the coffee bar. So yes. I'm not going to play you on that one. <laughs> However, you've, you, obviously you, you perform around the place mm -hmm. in Leeds. Tell us about some of the places you've, you've, you've read or performed. Yeah, well, like Kate, I think Poppy is a bit of an institution yeah. in Leeds, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Not the nicest thing to be called. But, um, yeah, On the Mic was my first. Um, I, like, started writing a lot of poetry, and then my friend was like, you have to go to On the Mic and perform. Mm. So that was my kind of gateway. Um, and then in the few months since, I, I hosted my own kind of zine launch at um, Hedgerow House in town, um, which gave me newfound appreciation for everyone who hosts poetry nights because I love performing. I do not enjoy organising at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, recently I went to Kate's night, which is Bone Down, which happened uh, on Woodhouse Ridge at the bandstand, which uh, it was really lovely to have an open air. We were all stood in the rain listening to people read poetry. Um, but yeah, I've just been blown away by the breadth and kind of the scale of the poetry scene i don't have any vantage on like how long it's been like this or how long it's been growing um but i was writing poetry thinking i'll probably just always write it in my room not really knowing that there was so much out there to kind of jump into um, it's great to hear all this it really is it's very heartening but poppy the institution <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not an institution. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Poppy, tell us about Leeds Poetry Festival. Yeah, so um, obviously, like Caitlin was saying, with when the lockdown came in and it kind of shut down everything, um, just before lockdown, I'd started doing a lot more bigger performances and working on a, a lot bigger events than I was used to. And then all of a sudden it came to a halt and something that I knew I wanted to do, as it started to kind of settle down, obviously the pandemic never really went away but um I was given more opportunities to kind of work with venues to host some amazing events straight out of lockdown um and I think just one night after work we were kind of delaying going home because it got to a point where every, everyone at the office were kind of like we're just going to go home and then come back to work tomorrow and this is just all that life is right now and we just I kind of pitched the idea to a couple of colleagues to start a poetry weekend which then very quickly developed in oh my god you know let's just host an entire week-long festival why not what's the worst that could happen um and from that it was kind of born just this this desperation to get back to events and to bring poets and writers back together that haven't hadn't really been in the same room for over a year um, and yeah, so it started last year, 2021. It's only a year and a half old, but it's been an incredible time seeing all the events that have, and the performers that have come from it as well. Well, I went to, I only got along to one of the nights, I think, at uh, the recent festival. But as, yeah, as you were saying, Caitlin, it's, it's just, there were so many people there. And so many different kinds of people, different ages. It was a really lovely evening, and I did become aware. I thought, "Wow, this is mm. this is happening kind of under my nose." But I'm, uh, I should know about this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and we should know about this in, in Chapel because and 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 you know you're going to be uh, hosting 
a night in uh, in writing on air, which comes mm -hmm. in November, and, and Kate, you're going to be doing something as well, hopefully. Um, so, uh, but Poppy, you're obviously you're a poet, and you're not just an institution; you're a poet. <laughs> uh, and uh, just tell, tell us a bit about you and your poetry, and maybe read something for us. Yeah, of course. So I um, I started writing poetry quite a long time ago while I was at university. Before then, I didn't really appreciate poetry. It was quite a slow journey for me. Um, but I've always been inspired by kind of more traditional Gothic poets and Romantic poets, um, but also kind of the spoken word scene. Um, when I was at uni, there were a couple of events, but poetry wasn't really a big thing when I was a student. Um, so I was just like Elijah, just writing at home in my bedroom, knowing I'll never read it out loud. Um, was this in Leeds? No, so I went to university in Cardiff um, and a friend of mine, Jeanette, she started, um, which is now a publishing house, Lucent Dreaming Magazine. She's the first person that ever published me and it just kind of gave me this kind of immense confidence to be able to start getting up on stage and sharing. So a lot of my poetry um, is either, there's kind of two sides, it's either very un, like feminist and angry or it's kind of very gothic and moody. Um, so I'm going to read some gothic and moody <laughs> stuff because I feel like it's autumn and it kind of works, you know, and we're in Yorkshire. So <laughs> the, um, the first poem that I'll read I wrote recently it's called Devil's Fingers, and um, if anybody, this is a really weird hobby, but if anybody likes foraging or mushrooms, there is a little kind of nod to the foraging world in this one as well. <laughs> um, so it's called Devil's Fingers. My feet are bound by this sinking mud, holding me in place as my bones ache and my knees are consumed, body crumbling into the marsh. I feel wet earth filling my boots, sodden socks cold and grainy against my skin. Crooked branches swarm the night sky, a backdrop of bent broken limbs, black, sharp, pointing to me out of reach, shaking in the wind. The zephyrs sing to me, tickling my cheek, my legs encased by the land, I feel myself losing. A battle with the wild winds, their violent wisps against my back, rocking my body, pressing me deeper underground. Arms raised high above my head, I stretch out into the moon's glow. My toes turn to roots, digging below as my fingers clutch air. I taste the marshland on the back of my tongue. The stale, salted earth lingers in the fog and settles on my skin clammy chills crawling up my neck and down my throat. Dirt drips from my chin, my shoulders sink, my hands remain like the devil's fingers. Great, thank you very much, <laughs> Poppy. That's Poppy Jennings reading a poem. And uh, here's a question. I mean, you, you organise Leeds Poetry Festival. Do you feel able to perform in it? I don't usually perform at the events mm. for Leeds Poetry Festival, um, not because I don't ever want to but because like you know Caitlin and Elijah will notice this at on the mic which is our monthly open mic night at left bank the slots fill very fast so I feel like I go every month and if I were to kind of take a slot then I'm kind of taking that space away from somebody else that has probably never performed before or is kind of like looking for a, a place to kind of come in and I don't know I like to I like to give people that space rather than kind of usually take it up myself but obviously I will perform at other people's events um yeah 
Well, that's very generous. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, you brought very generously bought some brought some books for us today to put in our library. We've got a local writers library here. You did um, as well, Kate. So thanks very much for that. Um, but tell us about your books. So um, the two books that I brought in today were um, the Leeds Poetry Festival anthologies. We've had two so far, the 2021 and 2022 anthology, which both are built from the um, yearly poetry competition that we hold. Um, the first one is called At Home in Our City, um, and all of the poetry that was submitted are just really incredible um, poems and inspirations about Leeds or you know people from Leeds people that don't live here but love the city um, and then the second one is Taking Up Space which was this year's anthology um, and again it's just got completely different um, themes and explorations than I ever really anticipated it's got poetry about space and the galaxy it has um, poetry about resistance against kind of like politics and um, oppression but it also has some really interesting poems about personal space and dealing with mental health issues and things like that mm. so they're just really incredible collections um, built from the community that Leeds Poetry Festival has now um, and we host it every year a new competition so yeah hopefully next year will be just as amazing. <laughs> Fantastic well I'm, I'll ask you before we finish to just say where we can get hold of those mm -hmm. apart from coming here and reading it in our, <laughs> in our, in our library and, and it would be great to hear another poem from you later on mm -hmm. if um, I'm sure we'll have time and, but in the meantime we're going to have a bit of music that you've chosen so mm -hmm. tell us about this um, so this track is called Thanatos and it's an ambient soundscape um, I have a thing for ambient music um, when I started performing as a poet I did quite a few gigs with a musician friend called Good Parley um, and we performed kind of like 45 minute sets to an hour um, with his music and my poetry. So for mm. me, kind of my entire poetry journey is tied up in this type of music. And now when I don't feel kind of enough inspiration, I'll kind of I'll go and sit in the park or like sit by the river and I'll just listen to some of this music. This particular album is just really, really beautiful. Um, so, yeah, it's called Thanatos.
So you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. I'm talking to poets Caitlin McKenna, Poppy Jennings and Elijah East. That was a track called Thanatos by Kazuya Nagaya. I hope I pronounced that right. If, uh, and that's uh, chosen by Poppy. So Elijah, yeah, mm-hmm. th- tell us about you and your work and in a minute it'd be great to hear some of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I... Uh, always say that I think my poetry comes out of a place of urgency um, or I'm not a, a writer who edits a lot or who thinks a lot I just kind of have it in me and then uh, it comes out it's a, a lot about release I think and um, the track I've picked for later is I wish I knew how it would feel to be free by Nina Simone and I think my work is tied up with like freedom and queerness and spaces in which I feel like I can be free which is often like the nightclub um, or imagined spaces I love to uh, reimagine some things which hampered me in actual life and then mm. consider what that would have looked like in a perfect reality so like coming out or school um, yeah so I'd say it's very it deals with dark themes but I like to think that my poetry is very aspirational and uh very imaginative in the best kind of way. <laughs> well, I saw one, you know, I think it was, it's, it's, it's just listed as your first published poem, The Mindfulness, Clean and Radiant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably for a, a few years ago, but I saw it online, and it's it's full of very beautiful clarity, I suppose, and imagery around kind of, yeah, sort of, as you say, release, but about mm-hmm. celebrating beauty in the world I suppose is what it seemed to be about but maybe you've got darker since then <laughs> uh, I mean that's probably my most I love that you found that poem because I've forgotten about it a little bit but I do I love that poem and I think that's potentially my purest poem I think mm. it's about um, for people who don't know it's about standing in sunset uh, sorry watching the sunset from Aldi car park and realising that life is perfect um, and yeah, everything else is a bit more complicated than that, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. well, it uh, yeah did it for me. Yeah, great, yeah, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. great. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind reading cool. or performing something, it'd be great. Uh, yeah, I think I'll do... I actually wrote a poem last night, which is risky, because I, d- I also don't think it's finished, but sometimes it's nice to kind of go for something when it's really fresh and new. Uh, so I was saying just before the show started how... I'm about to go travelling for a little while and the last few days have been taken up with saying goodbye to lots of people I love. Um, So last night I hosted a dinner party for three friends who I'd kind of met in the last year or so. Um, And that's significant because it's... uh, So content warning for suicidal ideation. Uh, I've met them all after a very difficult time for me and... I realised after they left last night there was something really significant about that. Um, So I wrote this poem after they left and it's called um, Angels. I nearly died at the start of last year. Nearly took my life into my own hands and made it disappear. I didn't know any of you then. Strange to think I almost never did. The earth would have eaten me and you would have gone on shining. It's strange when you have to decide to carry on living. Everything is simultaneously more yours than it has ever been, 
and something you have no right to. So the sunlight on my skin is the sweetest thing because I ask to be forgotten, and still I get to glow white, colour lifting off of me like every flower in the garden. I am proven alive and the past is derobed into a shadow, the place the other me lies. So with that said, I am constantly in two places, one of me rising up out of the other's grave. And that means angels don't come down to me. I float centimetres north of where I should be, and that must explain how they've been able to walk into my life. When I handed my life up to chance, to a vague hope that I could live and enjoy it, I didn't count on being proven right in this way. The number of times I'd walk into a space and just your faces, your bodies, your laughter, your tears, proving that despite everything, I was right to stay here. To spend nights hugging trees, opening, allowing you to sing of all your good graces. This is heaven. This living when I so nearly didn't. This dinner party, like a wake, where all my best people come and say what it is they love about me. Except I am here, and I will tell them right back, and I will be thankful every day that I chose life. Oh, thanks, Elijah. Yeah, yeah, that's very strong. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. How are you feeling about going away? Mm. Uh, yeah, excited. I'm sad to be... I've just realised, especially in the last couple of weeks, how deeply in love I am with Leeds, which is really nice. Um, and, yeah, um, it does make the going away bit a bit more painful, but in a lot of other ways it feels like a good time for me to kind of go out and uh, experience slightly different things for a little bit and hopefully return with even more inspiration. Oh, oh, no, 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 I'm definitely returning. <laughs> I, the hopefulness is that I return with many inspiration and mm. poems kind of inside me waiting to be shared. But I, I will be back. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it interesting that it, when you when we gear up to to leave somewhere, that's suddenly where it comes alight, a place. You know, you suddenly mm. go, oh. but why do we, you know, it's like we're not aware, we can't be aware of that unless we're leaving. <laughs> It'd be nice to be that every day, sort of, oh, I love this place. Yeah. Oh, do that. yeah. But yeah There's yeah. a poem in that. Yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, great stuff. Thank you very much, Elijah. Cool. And and, what, and this and the track that you mentioned, mm -hmm. yeah. And it would be nice to hear another poem before we before we go. By the way, uh, yeah, tell us about that. Well, Nina Simone uh, is just my hero. Like I adore her so much. Um, and yeah, freedom is a very interesting concept to me. And she, for me, is just someone who was so. What I love about this song is that she's saying, I wish I could be this. And then as the song progresses, she reaches that state. Like by the end, she's free and you can really feel that and hear it. Um, so it's just the, the soundtrack of my life, I think. <laughs> Thank you. 
wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I wish I could break all the chains holding me. I wish I could say all the things that I should say. Say I'm loud, say I'm clear for the whole round world to hear. I wish I could share all the love that's in my heart. Remove all the bars that keep us apart. I wish you could know what it means to be. So you're listening to Love the Words on East Leeds FM and I'm talking to Caitlin McKenna, Poppy Jennings and Elijah East and we've heard poems from Poppy and from Elijah and we're going to go to Caitlin now. Hello Caitlin. Hello. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean tell us about you and your writing. Well, I've always been writing. Um, I held my first poetry competition when I was in year four um, which was probably the strangest thing that primary schools ever had, a kid coming up and asking to hold a poetry competition. Um, but I just couldn't stop, essentially. I've tried my hand at prose, I've tried my hand at songwriting, but the only thing that really gets me is poetry. And so I've been writing for years and years and years, but the first time I performed was only in 2020, just before the pandemic. And then, obviously, COVID hit, and I couldn't perform anymore. I tried my, to do a little bit of Zoom stuff. I did an online literary festival, but it's just not the same as having the in-person reaction and the environment and the experience. Because what I always say about poetry events is what I love the most is those connections you make and getting to meet other poets and talk to them and see their reactions to your work and react to their work in person. So I started again this start this year in January. Um, started going to On The Mic for Lee's Poetry Festival and actually found my publisher through that. Uh, Rebecca Kenny from Bent Key Publishing came along 
and saw me at um, this open mic and reached out and now I've got a book published with them, Now Say It Back, which is a chat book released as part of their Queer Poets Collective. Um, I've performed in Huddersfield, Manchester, anywhere around the north really. Um, I've just started my own literary affinity group with my partner uh, called Bone Down and we're doing open mic events around Leeds reclaiming public spaces. Um, and I'm just trying to be as involved with it all as possible because it's my favourite thing to do and poets are my favourite people in the world. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I would go for that. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of a, a literary affinity group and that, that's a phrase I've not heard before. Tell us, I mean, obviously it sounds probably like it is, but tell us what that is for you. Well, for us, the literary affinity group is just a collective <coughs> of people who love words, they love literature, they love poetry, whether they love performing it or hearing it or writing it or being part of hosting it, any of those things. We all come together and there's no hierarchy in terms of organising the events or the collective in general. Uh, if you want to put on an event with us, if you want to host an event, we'll facilitate it and we'll make it happen. Um, we're reclaiming public spaces by heading out into different parts of Leeds and um, starting our open mics, uh, mics. We've got some featured artists around Leeds as well who are absolutely wonderful. We just had our first one last month, but our next one is going to be on the 30th of October. Um, you can head to the Bone Down Events Instagram page or my Instagram page if you'd like to see a bit more about that. We'll be announcing the full lineup soon because we've got two incredible artists for it. But really, it is just a space where we come and we share the work for the love of it. And we talk to other poets and we make those connections. And it, last one, Elijah can tell you, it was such a beautiful space for people we've never met before in the scene who decided to come along because it was a new thing or because they heard it was really accessible. People who hadn't performed before, people who hadn't performed in 20 years. There was one guy who hadn't performed in 20 years who came along and he was so nervous, but afterwards he told me how much he enjoyed it and the fact that it made him want to get back into reading, which was just the most beautiful thing. So it's as much a political thing and an accessibility thing, really, as it is a literary thing for us. And this, so you, public spaces, I mean, where did you hold that one? So that one, the first one was in um, Woodhouse Ridge on the bandstand. Yeah. What we're doing is reclaiming public spaces, which are rightfully ours to hold events on, yeah. um, different parts of Leeds. We're leaving them exactly as we found them, if not in a better condition, because we need to respect the spaces we have. But the spaces that we're given are spaces that should hold up. They should be holding these events. They should be filled with love and warmth and everything else that's so wonderful. And if we're not using venues, then we're not subject to things that can maybe put people off in terms of it can be a sober event if you want it to be a sober event. There's no bars. There's no people in charge of the venue in terms of who we're giving money towards. It is the world as it is, and we're bringing art into that. Mm. Of course, yeah, there are plenty of other bandstands aren't there I mean throughout Leeds I mean Bonn and Burley Park I've just done a project in Rante Park that's that. actually where we're, <laughs> we're having the next event we've not in announced this yet Burley oh. Park bandstands oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no it's great it's lovely but also the ones in Rante are brilliant yeah, Rante Park definitely Fantastic. we're always open to more suggestions on where yeah. to ho uh, host them because it really is a community effort uh, mm. bone down to anything anyone can be a part of so if anyone's got suggestions about what they want where they want it any kinds of ideas for the events mm. they're free to get in touch and we'll make it happen Great thing about bandstands inside is also that they're in the round, yes. so you, it's just a really lovely form for poetry, I think. I did a workshop, writing workshop, at 8 o'clock in the morning in Round Tape Park. It was beautiful summer this morning. People came along, we sat and did some writing. Oh, it was, nice. Yeah, it was really nice, actually. But, Caitlin, would you read us something? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm going to read 
quite a new piece that I've read at a few events so far and last time I read it in front of Elijah he told me it was one of his favourites so this is for <laughs> Elijah. <laughs> That's my girl. We're asleep and you pull me in. Back against chest, thighs over thighs, you tell me, that's my girl. And there's nothing dirty to the lull and contentment in your voice. You breathe it out, like your parted lips are letting the mantra escape, and it repeats. Fired from the quivering weapon of your cupid's bow, radiated like the warmth of your arms over mine, and it repeats, that's my girl. Echoing far through my mind, no victim of sleep or time, and we are still, only your soft sleeping hum to score this moment, and the word girl has started to taste a little bitter when it comes from my own mouth. I try to chew the syllables, taste the sweetness of the sound, but every time I pop my chewing gum bubble, the explosion looks a little like boy. And I'm not saying that I want to be your boyfriend, just that it might be a little easier to swallow. For in this moment, I want to feast on your confession, your assertion of proclamation. That's my girl, and I am. I worry that when I wake, I'll have forgotten this. The red wine I don't like dull in my mind, and the realisation there have probably been hundreds of nights just like this, where you have whispered your ownership of my soul, and I wasn't even awake. That's my girl. But to wake you now, to scribble this down, battling the safety of your grip would be an unjust act. So if I decide, even this, this moment is forgotten, this moment is worth it, this moment is glorious, this moment is all I have ever wanted, to be loved even in your sleep. To be loved even when I am still. To be loved constantly and consistently to the beat of your heart, in the lines of your art, in the grace of your back's curved arc. I push myself over, closer to you, and you breathe out. That's my girl. Oh, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Caitlin. Still like it, Elijah? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Not no this time it's terrible. I should have gone off it now. Well <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great stuff. And t tell us about zines, because you, you brought some zines mm. for us. So tell us about the, the zine scene in Leeds. Oh, it's emerging. It's incredible, honestly. Um, so I have two friends who um, are part of a zine collaboration project called NSFW Club, um, and I brought some of their zines over for you. They're actually going to be featured in a exhibition in Tokyo, which is very, very exciting. Um, but we were just talking earlier about how so many places are starting to have a zine library. The one in Leeds Central Library is incredible. Uh, it's really, really expanding, mm. and you can go down there and you can see events like zine workshops that are going to be happening soon. I know my friends are starting a zine workshop in um, uh, open space art, open source arts. Um, we're also at the Leeds Poetry Studio, which is opening this Saturday. Uh, they will be having a zine library if anyone wants to go down and donate some zines to them. Um, we've also, I've donated so many, we can start one here as well <laughs> and shuffle yeah, them. Please. And I'll bring many, yeah. many more. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. something that is really, really. Um, growing and I think it's a wonderful thing because it's such a wonderful combination of visual arts and written work um, that can also be performed as we've seen NSFW Club doing over and over again on the mic and other events mm -hmm. um, and I feel like it's such an easy DIY way to access a cultural space and like artistic creativity because anyone can make a zine you can just sit at home, take your magazines, newspapers and create your own very piece of art that people want to read um, so it's such a great accessible way to start in poetry, I think. 
Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, but that's great that the Central Library yes. have got one. Where, where, is that a permanent zine yep. library? So at the moment they've got their tapestry exhibition up, which yeah. is absolutely stunning. You should definitely go have a look if you get a chance to. Um, well, that's at the top, the second floor or something. Yes, yeah. yes it is. Yeah. Um, so right next to that we've got the zine library. Um, it's starting yeah. to spread past the small bookshelf they were given, mm. um, getting bigger and bigger, and um, I think it's a wonderful thing. And they're definitely excited to have some more so if anyone's got any to donate come along to these places um i think we're talking about left bank possibly thinking about starting it as well poppy hopefully hopefully yeah, that would be amazing yeah i think it's definitely something that's been talked about mm. um but yeah fingers crossed it kind of starts happening well we're going to hear the track that you've chosen at the end of the show so we'll close with that and ask you why you've chosen that but i'd really love to hear some more well, we'd all have to say some more poetry. So, Poppy, have you got something else to read? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm going to read another moody gothic one. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, This one's called In the Hands of Atropos um, and is inspired by Greek mythology. Um, I'm always really fascinated by figures of women and non-binary figures in myth. So, yeah. My soul is balanced between the blades, between the fingers, between the sisters, whose hands peck like raven's beaks that pluck the spoils of fallen threads to catch the souls that fall between the blades, between the fingers, between the hands of three sisters that measure the worth of we poor souls whose lives exist in lengths of ribbon or thread or string that catch on the broken nails, on shaking fingers, on reckless hands of wrinkled wrists that roll with the crisscross of cat's cradle to twine our trembling souls between the blades, between the knuckles, between the crooks of fingers on hands on wrists, entangled by the fragile souls that exist in strands of thread dyed red by souls snipped between the blades, between hands of the careless crones who control our hearts and lungs and minds like a game of Jacob's Ladder pulled tight too tight between the chipped nails of crooked fingers of jerked hands and tangled wrists holding the trembling blades, slipping blades that nick the red thread of that one soul caught between the reckless hands between. Ooh, yeah. So is that, is that the fates, are they? It is, yeah. yeah. So Atropos is one of the sisters um, and she's often the one that's depicted as being the one that cuts the threads of the souls. So the thread is when you die, is that right? Yeah. So, so as soon as it's cut, that's it. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. that's a great image, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, lovely stuff. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Elijah, you've got something more? Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll read from my zine, which I released earlier this year. Um, the concept for this one was it's based around the original Pride flag which contained eight colours, and each colour represented a different virtue. Mm. Um, so pink stood for sex, and red stood for life, etc. Um, so the zine is called Virtues, and the poem I'm going to read is inspired by green, which was a colour for nature. Um, I just realised it's funny because I read Angels earlier, and then this one's called Fairies. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> just love mythical religious archetypes at the moment. Um but yeah, this is fairies. And the night collects so that neon lights can hold our shape like a memory. When a profile takes shape, struck out of the night like a face from a block of marble, I realise that you won't be here forever 
and I'm best holding that face between my hands before it's lost to the darkness again. I, I, I let me pray my body on petrified limbs which waft the night away like smoke so I might shine enough to draw you to me. There are trees all around us and a cliff where God might swan dive like loose change onto all his queer children. Its expression, the way our culture honours as it mocks, so that nothing is holy except knowing that we are, that we made it long enough to be here together. Sky, mist, the first sign of a new day. We were not meant for the garden, and yet, darkness escapes into the lines on a drag queen's face, and first daylight glistens on a highlight which makes fresh truth out of cheekbones. Realness, promise, here we are defining tomorrow. We may gather in the night, but light will fall about us and hold, if only until the world wakes up that here is nature. Trees, stone, drag queens, sex workers, and a magic that will be gone into the ground by the time the first office block opens. Fairies, thank you for not believing in us. We've grown the most beautiful wings. Thank you very much, Elijah. Lovely. Mm. Um, before we come to your final poem and uh, the song, I just wanted to ask all of you, I mean, what do you think, uh, thinking about what poets and poetry needs in this city, in Leeds, is there anything you can think of uh, in terms of... It might be space, it might be better communication, it might be I mean, better means of representation in libraries, anything at all. I think, honestly, the, the, probably the best thing that we can do for poetry is, poetry is better representation in education. Because mm. I don't know mm. about you guys, but at high school I hated poetry. And I feel like for me it was because the kind of work that they had us reading wasn't written for us at that age so obviously like you'll come across now spoken word I feel like a lot of kids are kind of come into terms with like what spoken word is and you know this new form of expression and writing that's better for them because they're not kind of um forced to learn the constraints of Shakespearean sonnets and you know not that there's anything wrong with Shakespearean sonnets I love a sonnet but <laughs> I feel like in schools there's there's it's almost like it's taught at the wrong level first and you don't show kids the emotion that goes into this poetry you just expect them to be able to understand the metaphors and the time periods that it was written in and just be able to accept it um obviously i've not been in school for well over a decade so it might change now but um i don't know for me i think education on poetry could be a lot better more inclusive. I know there's definitely a movement to start that. Mm -hmm. um, my publisher, Bent Key's working at getting some poems in anthologies for younger kids, um, including ones I've written about body image, uh, things that children can relate to, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to enter poetry through those kind of things. I know a lot of people doing workshops for kids at the moment, 
Um, actually, this evening, me and Eli are going to a youth centre to go teach poetry to kids and do a performance for them. So I think there's movements to get in. Unfortunately, the impetus of changing that structure comes from above. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's something. But we can do it as a community. Yeah. You know, we can keep hosting these workshops within Leeds for children. We can keep putting it out there. We can keep welcoming them to our spaces, making things accessible for them. And in that way, I think that's the best hope we've got at really reaching them at that age. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. At least it's happening. Exactly. <laughs> we just need to keep pushing it yeah. forwards. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, my, you know... A lot of people are put off poetry. I mean, from school, aren't they? I and mean, it's a terrible, it's a, such a sad thing. Because mm -hmm. mm. um, I think poetry is sometimes taught as a puzzle. A poem is something you've got to work out. And if you can't work it out, then it's kind of like you're thick or something. Yeah, mm. or you fail. Or you fail. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, all these are great ideas. I mean, we're, <clears throat> I mean, there has been a young people's writing group here really first started about, sorry, seven years ago. It sort of, the end of the pandemic has sort of tailed off and for various reasons we're trying to start it again so when you go tonight for instance up to Kentmere Community Centre if you when you if you find some young people there who really is writing if you would just mention that we are doing we're starting up again here it's not far from them you know I'd really like to know who they are and if they'd like to come down I'm happy to make contact with them so yeah but just generally that's a call out to anybody any all three of you but we you know we've had a fantastic young people's writing I've seen here in the past there's a great Henry and Martine our music worker the masters of work with young people so as well broadcasting and music Great. Okay. Well, we have to finish in a few minutes, but thanks very much. Is there anything, Eli, you wanted to say about anything that you wanted to see in for poets and poetry? I don't think I have the mind to like be able to critically consider the the inner workings of the. I just turn up. <laughs> <laughs> However, and that's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say um, I think everything you're saying, and I just think there are so many exciting new poets, uh, and just deformalizing poetry mm. and realizing mm. that like. I don't know, slang and ugly emotions and just like kind of everything you could imagine has its home in poetry. So I think the more we push for that and amazing poets do it, hopefully this idea of poetry is like this dusty thing on a page will disappear. Yeah. Let's hope. Thank you. So, Caitlin, one more poem, please. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read one from my book. Um, I'm going to Horsforth in the Hop Shack tomorrow to uh, headline Wordspace. Um, so, actually, this is a poem I wrote about and for my um, master's tutor, Oz Hardwick. So, I know I could be good. A man who made magic out of words once told me that things were built for a future which never happened. I feel like I am things, which is frustrating because I can't even come up with the words myself, so I have to steal the reels that come flowing eloquently out of his brain because mine was made only to mirror, to mimic the rhetoric that others find so easily, like conjuring worlds can be done with a single breath. And in the exhale, I see the figments of a fictional paradise, a place where maybe I cannot have to think, but I feel like to him it's as natural as the tide and their ease to speak and to grab the right words is done like the water, snatching seashells from the shore and returning them in abundance because the ocean has never made an unfair trade. Like no one else has to worry about whether their shallow breath is an unfair trade. Like I'm stealing gasps from people who deserve to partake more than I do. Their delight triumph over every evil. Who am I to deny them that just for my pathetic fright? And like every tick and every shake is taking up more space than I should be allowed. And with plants, 
With plants, when they began to grow in undesirable ways and the fruit, roots threatened to disrupt the perfectly even ground, we pluck and we trim and we tend to put an end to their expansion. I wonder why no one has yet plucked my hands from the air as I try to explain what seems like a very simple concept to me that I just can't quite muster from my brain. Is there something to looking in the mirror and not seeing yourself? Every few months or so, I lose me. I wish I was better remembering who it is I'm supposed to be. I just recreate new versions, adding new characters when the last save does not work. Can't we go back to the original? There's nothing I miss more than me. Sometimes I wake, like everyone does. In the middle of the night, when so many others are awake, with the starry strike, sky transcribed sources of syllables and planet punctuation, but once again, the art of losing comes too easily to me. I was put here with all these words and all this beauty inside, and then things happened. And it almost doesn't matter what it was that happened because they happened. And now, it's like my fingers aren't made to flip the switch, to release the flood, and I know, I know they could be good. I can feel it. But I was built for a future which never happened. Now I'm just borrowing words. Thank you very much, Caitlin. Lovely. And and these Poetry Festival happens next August. Next July. Next July. Yeah, we're coming forward a That's month better. this year. <laughs> Hopefully less people will be on holiday next year. Yeah, but um, Yeah, so it'll yeah. be uh, mid to late July next year. Um, Left Bank Leeds, again, will be our main venue, um, but we'll also be across the city. Um, more news to come, obviously. <laughs> well, think of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're trying to, because it's a city festival, we want to push it as far as it'll go and mm. kind of have it be everywhere. Um, obviously, I can't be everywhere at the same time, so, you know, there's some few not even an to work out. I'm not, I know, not even an institution. <laughs> um, but we also have On The Mic every third Tuesday of the month. Um, again, that'll be at Left Bank. It's at 7pm, um, so come down. It's an open mic night, some incredible farmers, and we have a different spotlight artist every month. The next one will be announced very, very soon. Um, yeah, you can keep up with everything that we're doing on the website as well. We're currently trying to pull together a calendar for citywide poetry events online as well. So everyone will have just one place that they can go to find everything, which again is probably something that we could all could all do with. <laughs> I was going to ask precisely that, yeah. actually. That's what we need. Yeah. yeah, so that should hopefully be up on the website oh, soon. So if yeah. anything, anyone has anything that they want to send in to me, mm. um, please do email it in so that I can share it. Marvellous. Yeah, great stuff. Anything and bone bone down happens on thirtieth October. Yeah. 30th. Yes, then bone down on the twos thirtieth of October. Lovely. Anything you want to plug? You know, you're going to be in Thailand. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is so I have to do a very in the future plug. But I am taking a poetry show about different boys I've slept with and crushed on to the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> Amazing. Next August, <laughs> and hopefully will be performing it in Leeds next summer as well. So Great. look out for that if you can sustain your imagination nine months into the future. <laughs> Absolutely. And we should have some Dortmund poets in, from poets from Dortmund, Germany, coming over as well. Maybe. We don't know. But Yeah, we're in the middle of trying to work out a cultural exchange with them and that would be absolutely wonderful. Well, thanks ever so much to all three of you. Thanks for coming along. Thank you, for Henry, for being on the desk and so Yay! quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Almost quiet. And uh, we're going to hear a track now at the end. So, um, yeah, Caitlin, tell us about your choice. Yeah, um, I've always been fascinated with Lana Del Rey and just mysterious 
seductive female poets and wordsmiths like my friend Timo. Little shout out to T um, and her dog. Um, <laughs> and um, Lana just kind of has always been there my entire life throughout me writing poetry. And I think she's absolutely wonderful in Brooklyn Baby. I'm obsessed with the beats, just like Lana. So I figured this was uh, the right space to pay homage to them. They say I'm too young to love you I don't know what I need They think I don't understand The freedom land of the 70s Good. 